Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. My name's Cassie. I'm your host. And here with me today in the pod room is our other host, Samuel. Right. Well, hello, everyone. Okay. <laughs> Jolly old time to be talking to you, folk. Oh, all right. So we're going with a uh, little bit British mid 19th century uh, street sweeper. Right. Well, I reckon Newsboy. that. Might be a little bit better to be, uh, you know, mid nineteen hundreds over in Charlie Old London than over here and <laughs> across the pond, if as they like to say, you know. I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I do know. Well, uh, how you been, Governor? <laughs> I've been just fine. <laughs> I don't understand the voices. <laughs> I don't know. I'm here. Okay. Hanging on. I love it. Same. It's mm. been uh, some trying times. It's like, uh, like normal. Bon Jovi and Bonnie Tyler. Oh, yeah. Together because I'm living on a prayer and at the same time holding out for a hero. So, okay. You know. <laughs> Looking for that hero. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we uh, had to take a uh, hiatus mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. Apologies for release. It's rude to talk about your anus. Hilarious. It is. (laughs) Even if it it, is high. I know. Listen, (laughs) I only talk about the good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I had I I had problems with my ears and um, I need those for this a lot of the time. Yep. Not for every step, but some of the steps. And um, it physically hurt to put headphones on. (laughs) So... Um, I've been living the headphoneless and earbudless life for almost a month now, and I'm dying, man. People have suffered. People have <laughs> absolutely suffered. They put me on steroids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I got a promotion at work. It's it it it's like a ninety day thing. So we both can figure out if this is going to work out. Hey, look, you know. But, uh, I mean, yeah, so that's been busy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, having, you know, slightly autistic meltdown every day with uh, being so overstimulated yep. by ears. There was no coming home and trying to uh, record something and then edit and all of that. Yep. So turns out I have terrible fucking allergies i don't know why uh you develop dumbass shit as you get older like it's hard enough it's hard enough in my old man corner today and yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> andy rooney over yes here. why do they put so much glue on the chip bag yes why are they so hard to open <laughs> And what is it with these kids and their ATM cards paying for everything? Just carry cash. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is that? 
I, I don't remember oh what Andy God. Rooney sounds like. I, I just know, went with cranky old like white it. guy. I like it. I want to. I don't want to know more of him, but I want to listen to him across the restaurant and talk shit. I want to watch him. St- look, I don't want to listen to him, bitch, unless I get to watch him struggle with something that is so easy for everyone but him. That's hilarious. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But if I just have to overhear someone talking about, yeah, this generation doesn't know how to fucking do it right. It's like, really? Because you guys knocked it out of the park? Is that what we're You fucking killed it. You fucking killed it, didn't you? No, literally, you killed. You killed a lot, (laughs) didn't you? Didn't you? I saw this stand-up comedian had a bit about how this generation, like, can't uh read a map which this generation <laughs> right uh, probably anything after millennial yeah but yeah they're like they can't read a map and they can't write in cursive and you know all this shit that's Who like cares? right i'm like i don't like if if technology and gps and like a whole bunch of that shit went down like stop pretending that you wouldn't be fucked too literally <laughs> because your children who you inconvenience to do these stupid fucking tasks yeah. aren't going to be able to help you because internet's gone, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh, we've been watching uh, The Last of Us and it yeah. has to deal with, you know, uh, society as you know it is no longer with uh, internet's, what is it, slutty, oh, slutty daddy. daddy. Yeah, yeah, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. If you haven't yes, watched it, yeah. it's heavy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, first couple episodes. Yeah. Heavy as fuck. Uh, but it's but really so good. good, though. So good. The writing, the acting. Uh, oh, I forget the actor's name. Um, I don't know that there's a non-binary term for actor actress uh the young thespian that is in uh the the film the series i do not remember her name right now their name right now damn it i'm not sure do they identify as non-binary or are we just not assuming gender i'm not number one i'm not assuming but i'm very sure that i read an article because they said something about not being nominated for best actor or actress because there wasn't a place for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, makes sense. It's yeah. just one of the things I you don't think of till you hear it. But yeah, yes, very much so. So I'm operating on. I read that very specific piece of <laughs> something about this adorable thespian. <laughs> it means yes, actor. Yeah, or yeah, actress. I'm. A- where? Sorry, I. Oh, a, I was. Oh, you were explaining to explaining them, to you know the the hopeful people that we make this for. <laughs> you were saying. Oh no, I thought you were saying that because I looked at you weird, and it's because for those who, um, if this goes up on YouTube, hey, it's we are filming for YouTube. <laughs> we'll see, but um, you a, a drink from my microphone. That's hilarious. My goodness. Um, What do we have? Oh, we got to see our number one fan, our fourth member of the pod family, Robin. 
in a roller derby bout. And watch her kick some ass. Yeah, it was one of the coolest things that I've watched in a long time. Mm -hmm. Killed it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Naptown Roller Derby is the league, and they have, you know, all their stuff up. If you guys want to go see one of their jams. Yeah. Jams. I think. I don't remember. Uh, Events. But they're super fun. Yeah. Really good community. Yeah, Yeah, good community. uh, Very activist-driven. They were in the Pride Parade this year. They were. It was so cute. Happy happy Pride, y'all. Samuel did my hair. It looks real good. He, uh, I'm magenta again. Mm -hmm. But then around my halo, I have all the Pride colors. And it's fucking baller. And a truck driver... Joked around with me. I was out in the lot and he said, did you not think that the vest was enough? <laughs> he was, and he that's, like pointed at my hair and I was like, funny. you know, safety first around here, man. I just wanted to make sure you could see me. And he laughed uh, a good hearty laugh. Uh, I think it was your aunt was trying to get your attention or it may have been your cousin. Uh, the other day, <laughs> they were like, hey, Rainbow Bright. That's hysterical. <laughs> I did not hear it I know. because I would have responded. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been called Skittles. I've been called uh, uh, Candy Crush. That one was by the old, uh, older gal in HR. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, you lay awake at night playing me, Mary. <laughs> Ew. Gross. <laughs> You say it like it's derogatory, but I know your old ass plays that game, so <laughs> shut the fuck up. Silly goose. I I don't know. It's uh it's fun to make old people uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> old people and Republicans. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> That's uh, what I aim for. Mm-hmm. The depravity of this generation is oh my god, it's crazy. Listen, I've been through a lot. <laughs> and for those who traumatized me, I'm You're just going to traumatize the, them back. The gift that keeps on giving, you know. I think you know, I'm not ta- breaking the cycle. Yeah, I was not say. this time around. Not me. That's not me. Someone else is stronger. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's because you don't have Jesus in your life. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> I would have to say that that is correct. Um, uh, speaking of depravity, uh, uh, I thought you were going to say speaking of Jesus and I was curious where this was going to go. Oh, uh, <laughs> we got quite a few listens because I think because of the title of our last episode, Rock Me Sexy Jesus. And I don't know that we like explained what it was from. I like, I truly don't remember if we explained it in the, uh episode i don't know i'd have to listen back to it again i know i know i know do you remember off the top of your head no it's i it's a song from something and uh ann mentioned it i don't know so we'll uh, we'll have to ask her yeah we'll Uh, see her tomorrow so yeah listen for the explanation wait is this episode 69 no it's 67 oh in the I next have, okay. episode. Sorry, I heard episode sixty. Girl, and no, sixty nine's got to be a little something. Yeah, I was like, you didn't pizzazzy. warn me. I will. <sighs> I, 
I won't let you blow past it. I promise. <laughs> That's hilarious. So speaking of, uh, we were saying like depravity and all this. Uh, we uh, started watching a new show. If you haven't seen it, you need to. Uh, called The Legend of Vox Machina. V O X Machina. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It was recommended by multiple people. And if you like buddy animated comedies yeah. and cursing I think they're and magic, ready to come out great. with their third season. But yeah, uh, I think you described it really well when you were telling one of our friends about it when you were like, it's Archer meets D&D. Oh my <laughs> God. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh quickly become one of my favorite shows that i've found lately it's a comedy animated show that's like set in like fantasy uh background so if you and follows a lot of i mean there's always always going to be D &D related stuff or stuff that play people who play D D relate to in it but you don't necessarily have to be into any of that it's 110 percent set in fantasy instead of like sci-fi or real world shit 110%. I get most of the jokes, but I'm sure it's even funnier. Yeah. If you play that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Well, Cassie, are you ready to get some shit? Yeah, sure am. Cool. All right. You want me to go first? Sure. Awesome. All right, so this week I have for y'all uh, a little a little gay tale for you. Yeah, I want to tell you about uh, someone that I learned about through the TikTok. <laughs> and I uh, thought that their story, the one minute story that I heard was so interesting, I wanted to do more research on them. So, sure. I'm going to take you back not in the way way back machine but we're gonna go back all right okay all righty july 6th 1943 whoa savannah georgia leonard matlovich was born to a catholic air force joining loving family okay leonard grew up unsurprisingly racist and homophobic i was gonna say kind of like my dad until you said that last part uh, <laughs> y- yes my dad grew up in a catholic air force household so uh, yeah yeah he sure did <laughs> father is not racist <laughs> no, no no uh no, leonard no. says uh, by his own admission he was a white racist a flag waving patriot weird Uh, Leonard followed in his father's footsteps and joined the Air Force in 1963 at the age of 19. Gotcha. He served three tours in Vietnam where he earned a, yeah, big oof, where he earned a bronze star and later earned a purple heart for being wounded after stepping on a landmine. Ow. Yeah. Some Tony I step Stark on shit. a Lego and I'm going to be bitching. Uh, I'm p- quite paralyzed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I need cash now. Like <laughs> Call J.G. Wentworth. Exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, Leonard said, I felt I had to prove that I was just as masculine as the next, that Vietnam would do this for me. Mm -hmm. Sadly, like many queer people have experienced in one way or another, internalized homophobia ran rampant in Leonard. Mm -hmm. He always knew that he was gay and over time, his bias against homosexuals and the struggle with internalized homophobia began to fade after serving long so many black and brown men of color. He recognized his bias was completely unnecessary. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he says in an interview with the New York Times, one stereotype after another stereotype started to crumble. Yep. 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 <laughs> It's crazy if you, uh, you know, talk to people who are, you know, not exactly like you yeah. or have the same views or have the same life experiences. It's like you learn things. It's crazy. And their food probably tastes better than yours. <laughs> I'm just saying. While in the Air Force, uh, Leonard was stationed in Fort Walton Beach in Florida. Okay. He uh, volunteered for this position, but he became a race relations instructor to help ease racial tensions in the Air Force. That's what's up. Yeah, he thought that, you know, I'm absolutely fit for this because... Uh, yeah, no, I know all the bullshit that... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least from the white side, like, I know all the bullshit that you're going to say that you have accepted as truth and, like, nope. Uh, Leonard found... Uh, some gay bars in Pensacola yep. and slept with a man for the first time. <gasps> came out. Have to fun for him. Yeah. I came out to several of his friends and learned more about the still infantile gay rights movement. Yes. In 1942, when Leonard read an article in the Air Force Times. In 42? 74. Wow. <laughs> That was like a year We're going back born? in time. <laughs> I, I'm just making sure that you're paying attention. Hey, I am a teacher's pet. Or, I, no, I was teacher's pet until high school. Then I was I'll like, I'll be your teacher. Not worth that. All right, but you got to put on the outfit. <laughs> we gotta, I, oh, we need to stop by, like, uh, uh, I was going to say Hobby Lobby. Fuck them. Michael's to get like a yardstick. Okay. You got it. Lowe's, here we come. Where did we get chalkboard erasers? <laughs> Daddy Bezos. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. anyway. So, uh, in 1974, which is much more realistic, when Leonard was reading an article in the Air Force Times about the gay rights activist, Frank Kameny. Okay who uh, was looking for a test case to challenge the military's ban on gays. Oh. Leonard sat on it for a few days and molded over and decided that he would step up and take it on. It would likely mean sacrificing his military career, yep. but it was a risk that Leonard was willing to take. Well, not just career. Like, uh, you also risk losing like all your uh like VA Yeah, know, all like, your shit. Like yes. Your VA benefits, your pension benefits, like so. And they already don't want to pay. They already don't want to pay. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the 
most stellar track record when it comes to take care of our veterans. But yeah, and then you like can be mm-hmm. possibly dishonorably discharged and then have like your insurance and retirement just ripped away from you. So that's cool. So Agreed. yeah, no, I very cool. It's a very brave move for him because it's yes. not just like when you think, oh, it's lose not my just career. One thing. Yeah, it's not just like your job and and your, uh, your financial way of life. security. It's it's long term shit too. Yeah. So that was that uh, in March of 1975 for realsies. Leonard <laughs> hand delivered his coming out letter. To the commanding officer at Langley. Woof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the end of the letter, Leonard said, In sum, I consider myself to be a homosexual and fully qualified for further military service. Mm-hmm. My almost 12 years of un- unbellished service supports this position. Mm-hmm. Unblemished. Service <laughs> supports this position. Yeah. Good Lord. Six months later, on September 8th, 1975, Leonard made history as the first openly gay man who was featured on the cover of Time magazine. That's awesome. It read in bold lettering under his picture, I am a homosexual. This amazing moment a little on the nose (laughs) (laughs) i mean yes but uh it was a massive step in uh no absolutely the gay rights movement i was because like yeah no one had been that fucking verbose or plain with it you know i'm gay yeah no i just meant like time's design of the cover oh sure (laughs) no and i like that's going to be one of the pictures on Instagram. <laughs> and it's lit. I'm pretty sure it's like him, a little portrait of him, mm-hmm. red background, black letters. I am a homosexual. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. I scrolled too far down. Leonard was uh, not any different than most of us in the fact that uh, to. Some people feel to acknowledge your queerness that you need to come out or tell right. people or, you know, acknowledge I'm not like the rest of you, Pa. Sure. You know, uh, when Leonard came out to his mother over the telephone, she said she was so stunned and she refused to tell Leonard's father. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being hella Catholic, she, of course, thought that God was punishing her. Yeah. That tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, I think still in that vein, she blamed her son and said he had not prayed enough, nor had he seen enough psychiatrists. Cool. Yeah. 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 I would like for you to take a guess when his father found out. Um, hopefully on his deathbed or. <laughs> well, he read it in the newspaper. Oh, well, yeah. Duh. Oh, yeah. that's worse. Uh, after his. Uh, after the New York Times uh, cover became public and. 
there were articles written in the newspapers. Sure. Um, his father cried for about two hours. Hey, and then that's pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then after that, he told his wife, well, if he can take it, I can take it. Love it. That's so, great. I, right? I thought, what an amazing, like, I don't know. What two completely different reactions. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like, I didn't have that shit. My parents were like, good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, are you taking the car tonight, or what are you... <laughs> What are you doing? Because I know you don't have a date, but you do have friends. Like <laughs> my overall attitude, I'm pretty sure, like solidified to my parents that I wasn't in that kind of trouble. Like, yeah, I did drugs, <laughs> but I usually did those alone. That's true. And uh, I mean, it is kind of dangerous. But like, they they were like, oh, man, she's off putting enough yeah, that. Yeah, you uh, weren't out there wildcatting. Yeah, I was not out there wildcatting. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So, not only had Leonard come out to Ma and Pa, but the whole world. Mm-hmm. And Samuel, who also is a part of that whole world. The military? Yup, the Air Force. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And how do you think that they responded? I'm going to guess that they welcomed him with back in open arms and just just a sheer overwhelming show of support and acceptance. Yeah, there was actually a parade. It was amazing. That's not that's not true at all. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. They uh, gave Leonard a general discharge. Mm. Yep. That's better than dishonorable, but yeah, it's Yeah. Not yeah, great. It's a uh, it's we didn't fire you, but uh, we want your resignation, essentially. Yeah. From my limited understanding. You don't have to go home, but you cannot stay here. Yeah. Uh, But they did totally make it right. I'm not going to lie. All right. Oh, I'm uh-huh. super yeah. excited to hear about this. Well, in October of 1975, they upgraded it to honorable discharge. OK, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, After this hearing, Leonard was swarmed by media, and he said, maybe not in my lifetime, but we're going to win in the end. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it it is embarrassing how long it took for us as a U.S. military to even racially integrate our forces. And it used a lot of the same arguments of of not wanting to have people in the LGBTQ community in the armed forces. They're like, well, it will cause disruption in the ranks and it'll uh, be distracting and it'll prevent the unit from bonding as as like or the guys people from bonding as like one unit and working together and same shit that they said about integrating racially in in fucking schools and all of it yes any any time anytime turns out mixing no people are fucking people or people who are people like you're not that fucking special yeah like everyone is special in a very small and minute way that makes you 
different and unique and that's wonderful and it should be celebrated but at the same time like 85% of us are so fucking similar that it's painful. We're able to be categorized. Like, you can't base systems of organization, whether it's studying people's brains or chemistry or whatever. Like, we all work mostly the same. We all live in the same world. Like, societies are similar. You know, even if the governmental or religious structure is slightly different, we still operate on mostly the same principles. So, like, we are not that goddamn special. Just... Talk to people and you find out how similar we are. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with you. Uh, well, Leonard didn't agree with the ruling. <laughs> Good. So uh, he uh, wanted the decision to be reviewed. Yeah. Asked the review board. And they said no. Sure. So... I mean, honorable he, discharge it was. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, he knew he was going to be discharged. Yeah. So, but at the same time, like the whole point is now you have to go through the appeals process because if you just go, okay, thanks, like then it's not the same level of activism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, popular LGBTQ author at the time, Randy Schillitz. Okay. Had to, had to prepare myself. I believe in you. He had this to say. It marked the first time when the young gay movement had made a cover of a major news weekly. Mm-hmm. He continues, even the most hardened homophobe had to take a pause when he reviewed Matlovich's record. Credentials yeah. such as a bronze star, a purple heart, and 12 years of outstanding service meant something to civilians. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as one wizened sergeant told Matlevich at Langley one day, you can't have a purple heart and a bronze star and suck cock. Turns out you can. Turns out you can very, very much so. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think he earned his bronze star and purple heart while sucking cock. By sucking cock. (laughs) Or by sucking cock. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking assholes. Yeah. uh, So it took until 1989 Mm -hmm. for the Air Force to settle with uh, Matlevich's discharge. So Leonard continued to have advocate for gay rights years and years after he left the military. Sadly, like thousands of gay men around the world, Leonard contracted HIV sometime in the 1980s. Wonderful. Yeah. This didn't stop Uh, any of uh, Leonard's drive. Thank you. Drive or activism. He was arrested in front of the White House in June of 1987. <laughs> Fucking love it. For protesting against Ronald Reagan's negligent response to the AIDS epidemic. Uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it a negligent response? Negligent. Oh, he my God. He should be ashamed of himself. And I hope he thinks it's about it every so night. It's so bad. Makes him lie awake. 
It's so it doesn't, bad. but I hope it does. Uh, side note, I had someone at work sincerely refer to Ronald Reagan as the greatest president. I mean, Obama refers to him as his favorite president. Uh, I well, yeah, he's my favorite president. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I laughed and he looked at me and I was like, I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> and scurried out of there. All right, so. Sadly, Leonard died before his 45th birthday. Damn. His tombstone in Washington, D.C. does not bear his name, but it does bear two triangles, one upside down in pink and the other one right side up in pink. So um, upside down pink triangles were away in Nazi Germany for men to be labeled as gay. Gotcha. And the right side up pink triangle is a gay movement uh, reclamation of that signal. Yeah. So um, on his tombstone, there's those two triangles and his name is not on it. Instead, it reads a gay Vietnam veteran. And below that, it says, when I was in the military, they gave me a medal for killing two men and discharged me for loving one. And that's the very brief story of <laughs> an amazing yeah. fucking soldier, Leonard Matlovich. <laughs> Leave it to a queen to have the last word. Literally. Chiseled onto their tombstone. <laughs> Literally. And, um, oh, I'm sorry. I was I was about to mix two stories together, and but I stopped myself. But, uh, yeah, it's one of the, the most visited graves uh, in that Washington, D.C. cemetery, which, of course, I didn't write down. Arlington. Which one it is. I, I'm not sure if it is in Arlington. If but, he was honorably discharged, then he should still be able to be buried in Arlington. But I'm not yes, sure. Yes, but the times. Yes, so no, I, yeah. I did not double check. <clears throat> sure. But I would hopefully assume. Yeah, fingers crossed. Because if not, they're going to have to deal with me. <laughs> with me, boy. Yeah, yes. The, um, the government, the U.S. government does not want to deal with me, boy. Yeah, they've never dealt with anyone like you before. They've never <laughs> taken my fucking federal income uh, fucking tax check back. They've never done that. They've never flexed on me that hard. <laughs> you're, you're a sheer force. Anymore. Yeah, that's right. They're scared. As they hear it. Very well they they know. Be. They know where to find me. Yes, they do. I have multiple agents. Uh, you Let's have be honest. Multiple listening devices in the house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, government listening device, what's a good recipe for pancakes? Government spy. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, that is uh I had something completely different uh for a topic. And I was doing the uh, the Doom Scrolls and came across this and was like, I've got to know more about yeah. Mr. Leonard. Yeah. Because thank that's you, Leonard. fucking, thank you, Leonard. You 
You walked so we could run. There you go. Sammy, you got shit for us today. I do. Um. Oh, well, it's I already know it. Sorry. I was thinking about one of our uh, test uh, audio tests. And he was like, part two, electric boogaloo, blah, blah, blah. So I was about to be like, are you ready for a part one or part? And I forgot I was the only one that knew that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, this is going to be another two-parter. <laughs> so hope you like the first one because. There will be a part two electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I started to do this one. And I was like, God damn, there's a lot more shit in here than. Uh, That's how it always happens. Yep. So today we are going in the way back machine and we are going to talk about the homestead strike of 1892. 1892. Yes. Okay. You'll recognize at least one major. I I was getting my bearings in (laughs) the uh, in the, the sands of time. Right. So we now we begin our tale in 1886 you're a fucking liar the main event happens in 1892 <laughs> right some things take a couple years to ferment and bubble i understand okay? the series has to build yeah so we begin our tale in 1886 in homestead pennsylvania uh Car- carnegie steel lame run by andrew carnegie one of the most uh, famous uh, capitalists mm-hmm. in, in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carnegie Steel installed a technological advancement called the open hearth system. Okay. Which is not important what it does. But okay. <clears throat> it was, so they installed it in their factory in Homestead. This system made the steel that they produced... Uh, good enough for structural I-beams and okay. for armor plating for the Navy. Wow. Okay, so yeah. important shit. Yes. So, like, steel was, steel is a derivative of iron. is just a difference in, like, the forging process, something, oh. something, something. But okay. it's, whereas, like, iron is more brittle, mm-hmm. steel has more ability to flex and bed. Oh, I understand what you're saying. But at the time, like, steel was not... It was harder to... One is harder to produce, took longer, uh, but in some cases it wasn't as strong as iron, so, like, structural I-beams were still, like, Well, they didn't call them old steel sides, did they? (laughs) You're funny. Thank you. (laughs) So, but... Excuse me. But also, like, I mean, now, like, I'm pretty sure that uh, I-beams are still mostly iron. I could be wrong. No, they're steel. Never mind. I'm an Steel I-beams. Yeah, anyway. Not important. Okay. So scratch what I just (laughs) said. But anyway, so now now they make steel that can be made to I-beams and armor plating for Navy ships. So big technological advancement. They also, in this factory, installed, like, overhead cranes and hoists, etc., that helped, like, transport and move the stuff across the Um, So, this massively sped up production. Oh, I bet. They're cranking it. 
just yeah. fucking 24 7 just lucy and ethel <laughs> at the chocolate factory yeah um and it also expanded the workforce uh including a large expansion into the uh into more unskilled workers so okay. like for steel workers you could not be like inexperienced and with like no training oh yeah you like, still can't yeah you like you it's that. still after like osha has been <laughs> invented and all this stuff like steel mills are still a very very dangerous place to work yeah and back then like it there was even less safety engineering control Girl, they didn't stop that. if you fell in but if you're just like fucking <laughs> sorry i just got what she said yeah, no they probably didn't <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean they, the well, actually they the probably time. would have but only because like you would be putting too many impurities in <laughs> into... drag his ass out of there i'm serious right. that's all that's left his ass and his legs drag <laughs> it out of there but uh so like, but if you're just like transporting, like using the the hoists and and the cranes and stuff, like potentially you're not working with nearly as dangerous stuff, so you can just operate the machinery and be a normal factory worker. Sure. Um. <clears throat> so, steel profits are jumping up. But because of the expansion to unskilled workers, the average wage was going down. Weird. Weird. So now let's set the scene for the union. In 1876, uh, the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers was formed. And this was the union that represented the steel workers at Homestead. Okay. Um, they were pretty active, including a couple of previous strikes at Homestead. There was one in, um, I believe 1886, maybe right around there. And there was also one in 1889. So like they had an active union. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I'm switching my notes around. I had some in a book and some on paper. Anyway, so here we are. (laughs) So why strike yeah i'm sure a lot of people ask that yeah we're getting there so one of the main contributors to the reasons for the strike was a man named henry clay frick frick yes as in frickin' frick what a 12 year old says when they can't say fuck (laughs) oh i think of elliot from scrubs immediately (laughs) that's funny um, so he was basically the CEO of Carnegie Steel. Like Carnegie was oh, like he's the, the fr- freaking CEO. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Carnegie's like the president. He's like the CEO. Okay. Type deal. Yeah. So now on the surface, um, Carnegie support- He's a real frick. <laughs> You're funny. Thank you. Carnegie supported unions. Um, he- <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was the weirdest <laughs> laugh. But yeah, okay. <laughs> he like publicly condemned the use of strike breakers um saying, while paying them. <laughs> yeah. Saying 
uh, no amount of steel is worth one drop of blood. I'm pretty sure that that's a fucking proprietary ingredient in his. <laughs> Don't forget the blood. Like, it makes yeah. a difference. Carnegie. We want the iron to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, compared to, like, Rockefeller and uh, worse, like, Jay Gould, uh, Carnegie was much better at not saying the quiet parts out loud. Mm, okay. <laughs> and he was, I, I will give so Carnegie he's, uh, credit. Who's the Mormon one? Uh, uh, the politician. Uh, he ran. Mitt Romney? Uh, yeah. yeah. He's a, so he's a Romney. No, I, I see him. Okay. Well, I just, yeah. he looked like he was going to. Uh, Sorry, our, we have our, a visitor. <laughs> yes, our furry son, Nicholas, was looking like he might be okay. traipsing his way over to our equipment. Yeah. He's just feather dusting it. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I mean, he's he was good at not saying the quiet parts out loud. But, yeah. I mean, he was an had extreme a, capitalist. Yeah, so, had a ton of money and could hire people to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Carnegie's credit is he was one of the largest philanthropists of like that. Yeah. What yeah. would now be like billionaires club. Yeah. Um, he was a huge like we have our library public library mm-hmm. system because mm-hmm. of him. He was also huge into investing in like national parks and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, he did contribute, but not enough to where he never gave till it hurt by any means. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a devil. <laughs> Still. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so Frick, however, was pretty unabashed about his desire to break unions. Um, now, with the added level... He's a frickin' union breaker. <laughs> I'm a fucking Oscar winner. Winner. Uh, so now with the added level... Of technological progress, Carnegie and Frick pushed Homestead, uh, the Homestead factory, to produce more than the demand. What which, the frick? You're just <laughs> ride that train. No, that's fine. I'm here for it. Um, so, like in economics, like you don't want to produce a shitload more than your demand. Yeah, for sure. That will drive prices down if you have more supply than demand. Yes. But they kept pushing more than the demand so they could build up a bunch of inventory in case of a strike. Cool. So. We're going to make you work like you're all ready. Yeah. So that's missing work. That's the quiet part that he's not saying out loud. Cool. Cool. So. And then Ford was like, I like your style. (laughs) Ford pulled a lot of his style from a lot of uh, horrible, horrible people. So the AA's union, the Amalgamated Association of Steel and Iron Workers, just call them the AA. Or, or the union. That's the one I'm referring to. Anyway, okay. so the union's contract with Carnegie Steel at Homestead was due to run out on June 30th of 1892. Okay. So before that comes, like, that's a common thing with, like, my local has 
a contract uh, with the uh, contractors that we work with uh, that lasts every three years. And every three years, it terminates and, and we re-up. And we, yeah. before that happens, we go into negotiations to say, hey, yeah. this the old contract, we will keep most of it, but such this change, this change, like price of gas went up so like we want board money to go up or something like that to where sure. like you know there's more work so you guys are making a shitload more money so we should make a little bit more money you know yeah i remember <clears throat> that uh one of those renegotiation years fell on the year that you became a journeyman mm-hmm. which was the same year that i had my back surgery. Yes. So I think if you go back in a couple episodes that we talk about it, how yeah. you like turned out and I, it may have been Kaylee and I, but we were like, yeah, you know, now he's fine. ready to get a, you know, go out there and be a journeyman. And they were like, yeah, we're going to have to we uh, might be on strike sit this bit. one out for a little <laughs> bit. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I guess uh, we'll start. What did I call it? Uh, my OnlyFans, uh, Lazy Susan, because <laughs> yes. I couldn't really do much. I'm just like, I'm so. I know I've mentioned Lazy not Susan. O- not OnlyFans on my backs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I mean, it's it's common for you to have a limited contract and you re up with uh, the same terms, new terms. But you enter into negotiations before that contract runs out, so that way the new contract is ready to just roll into the next one. So, I mean, that's what smart people do. Yeah, so they enter negotiations. Um, the union knows that production has increased uh, because of technology, and not only that, but with the open hearth method uh, that I mentioned earlier, made it so the price of steel actually rose as well. So... Ah, lucky frickin' you. Yeah, because now it can be bought by the Navy and all this, you know, as structural, they they can now charge more for it. Yeah. And they're making, they're only making the good, like, open hearth shit, or they are making the good open hearth shit at this plant Mm -hmm. that is worth more money. Uh, so they can make more and charge more for it. So the union started with a proposal for increased wages mm-hmm. at the beginning of negotiations. Um, makes fucking sense. Even according to the magical uh, Reaganomics of trickle-down theory. You guys make more money Bleh. means raises for us so we can then bring home more money and pump it back into the economy blah. and blah 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 like even blah. to reaganomics this shit makes sense mm-hmm. frick countered with a 22 percent wage decrease <laughs> bold move frick let's see if it works out i mean these are all i mean you know you open you don't open with compromise. You open by shooting for the moon that's and then like, compromise afterward. But I, that's like drawing a picture and being like, "Here, I drew you something special," and you hand it to the guy, and they open up and it's poop. Yeah, pretty much. You didn't draw that. <laughs> you didn't draw that at all. I mean, neither did Jackson Pollock, but you know. <laughs> 
so yeah, twenty two percent wage decrease, and I'm sure that I didn't read specific arguments, but I'm going to guess he's saying because of the expansion into the un quote unquote unskilled labor market, mm-hmm. then uh, Your cur- our current workers have to take one for the team. It's just <laughs> it's simple. It's simple math, guys. Yeah. It's freaking math. So that was hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still I'm just annoyed <laughs> by my own story that I picked. <laughs> so this is also because Carnegie uh, believed in union busting through negotiations, like basically make terrible fucking offers until they fucking get tired of it yeah part of that like uh wearing them down to where they're going to accept a non-optimal offer um or that's my job or like making union work like not seem worth it so not as many people join um or you take power away from the unions uh, through either negotiations or legislation, like right to work um, mm, okay. legislation. Yeah, is a. Br- I mean, the name of that is brilliant framing because it you hear it and everyone's like, yeah, everyone should have the right to work. It is absolutely has nothing to do with what that it's legislation is about. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like here, the, goose. It, yeah, it's kind of like we gave up a shitload of freedoms with the Patriot Act, and you're like, yeah, I'm a patriot. I think the I'm government should hunt down patriot. terrorists. Yeah, no, you can. You can get in my email. Totally suspend the Fourth Amendment for that. Yeah. All you have to do is say it's for national security with no proof whatsoever, and I just have to go along with it. Yeah, awesome. I don't need privacy. Mm-hmm. So now. At the same time, the AA was not blameless either. Um, They fell right in with um, the line of thinking of Samuel Gompers, who was the Mm. first president of the AFL that we talked about. So Gompers believed that the best way to use collective bargaining to create greater changes for all was to use as much leverage as possible and his dick swinging his use of leverage was to uh represent and like codify and coalesce like the most skilled trade workers Mm -hmm. the ones that required apprenticeships and like essentially saying look if these people strike you can't just replace them and yes. if you make leaps and bounds advancements for uh, the people that we do represent, it'll filter down to, like, everyone. Kind of like if, like, the union workers in my trade start making a shitload of more money, the average pay of non-union workers has to go up because otherwise everyone's just going to join the union. So, like, it, all boats rise with the tide was, like, his thinking. Okay. But at the same time, like, he did not represent common people or like general laborers or like sure so did not give a shit i mean would you say uh using the word like uh extremist would be out of bounds for 
Samuel Gompers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, he was a very, like, incrementalism Bro. type person. Uh, okay. He was, we have to use our collective bargaining. We have to use strike. Like, we can use strikes, but we have to make sure that they're done the right way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, after Haymarket and Tompkins Square, mm-hmm. he saw yeah. hit the lesson he learned from that. What, and his takeaway from it was if you start using violence, um, it immediately like will be used by the media to delegitimize your movement. Wow, weird. I mean, I have never seen that active <laughs> in media before. Yeah. So that's really shocking to me to learn about <laughs> so, today. Yes, he was a very incrementalistic type of of leader and i mean he did through his work and through the afl and then joining the afl cio like there has been a lot of advancements that have been made and haven't been have taken much longer to roll back if they have been rolled back so there is something to be said for it but in my personal opinion gompers cannot get that incrementalism done without people pushing much, much further to then make the incrementalists like a compromise that people are willing to accept. We're like, okay, well, these fuckers are crazy and we're obviously not doing that, but you guys are rational and you only want one or two things. But like, if you just come to the table with like one or two things, they're not going to fucking give it to you. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, yeah, so the AA only represented like 800 out of the 3,800 workers. Holy shit. That worked at this steel mill. What? Yeah, but I mean, their thoughts were as if you very to... exclusive club. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, you know, that was the expansion of the technology that made it so. Sure, sure. Uh, now, you know, we you don't have to. Have all the fucking stars to run this thing. Yes. So on April 30th, 1892, Frick offered a slightly better wage package and announced uh, publicly that he was only going to negotiate for 29 more days. And then, Okay. And then he's done negotiating. Okay. He also announced that Carnegie Steel didn't care how many unions you belong to or don't belong to. Doesn't matter. Uh, Essentially saying they feel that they provide a great environment to work in regardless. Like, Yeah. Is your office on the uh, ground floor, (laughs) Frick? Where it should be? Fucking devil. (laughs) So negotiations didn't progress in the next. It's fine. Everybody likes sweating their asses off, getting third degree burns out of nowhere and uh, fucking uh, living and working in a literal sweatshop. (laughs) It's great. Come and join us. It's frickin' great. <laughs> frickin', yes. Porta frickin'. Uh, Porta. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, negotiations didn't progress over the next 29 days. What? He uh, seemed like a 
freaking reasonable, reasonable man. <laughs> and they continued to not progress. And by June 28th, um, oh, P.S., did I mention the fence? The fence? Yeah. No, was it made out of the uh, stuff that the uh, union <laughs> the union men made? <laughs> so, um, in January of 1892, so the beginning of the that year, uh-huh. where negotiations start before April, but in January, um, they started on um, a high fence topped with barbed wire. Uh, to close off the plant. <laughs> um, they also, this isn't ominous at all. Right? They also <laughs> built um, towers uh, equipped with searchlights near every building at the plant. Oh, you mean security towers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Security turrets. Yeah, like you would have on like a military base. Or, or like uh, a prison. Yeah. You know. You know. Um, something like that. With snipers. Yeah, some people refer to them commonly as sniper towers. Anyway, uh, (laughs) and at every entrance to the campus, they also um, placed high-pressure water cannons. I am sorry? (laughs) Yeah, like... It is the Navy, I guess. (laughs) Um, And apparently some were capable of spraying boiling hot liquid. Oh! Spicy water guns, huh? <laughs> yeah. But, you know. I think that should be the title of your part of the episode, <laughs> Spicy Water Guns. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's not like they were um, planning any, and uh, foreseen any issues with their labor yeah, force upcoming no, 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 in no, the no, near no, future no. or anything. No, this is for cleaning. This is so we can <laughs> yeah. you know, spray her down, you know, make, make sure the lawn's nice. <laughs> Get rid of those goddamn dandelions. Right. So the evening of June 28th, the company makes preparations. And on June 29th, the Homestead plant locks out all union members. Fucking bitch ass motherfuckers. I'm sorry. Mother freakers. <laughs> Frickers. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me some coke. Uh, <laughs> Listen, we were watching uh, something about Freddy Freaker earlier, yes. so it's in my brains. So on... Locked Ju- him out. <laughs> Just- yes, locked him out. Uh, so the next day on June 30th, the union has a big meeting and is like, hey, these dumb fucks pulled the trigger a day early and broke the contract. Someone... It's going to get in trouble because they didn't use all their fingies and toesies <laughs> to count. So we striking. <sighs> all right. Let's freaking so, go. <laughs> so now when you go on strike, the goal is to like deprive the place from your work. Yes. And labor. Your skills. Which then halts production mm-hmm. and hurts their bottom line. Exactly. And bottoms. And brings them back to the negotiating table uh, to where you can come up with an, an agreement. Yeah. Um. So. These strikers um, saw the fence going up in January and the Mm. towers and the water cannons. um, And they also came up with some plans of their own because they may have also foreseen some 
um, <laughs> issues with the negotiations Guys, coming up. I think we've got a problem. <laughs> so on June 30th, when they declared the strike, um, they put boats in the river Get that out. ran alongside the factory uh, to patrol. Love it. Um, they set up a 24-hour picket line all around the plant. Fabulous. Um, they had uh, groups of them that were already divided into like divisions, like uh, platoons and stuff. Oh, man. So they already knew that they were on Team Purple or yeah. Team Green or mm-hmm. Team Blue. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, That's amazing. Um, they... Girl, you can't tell me any of these plans. <laughs> I got a big mouth. You tell me day of so they also had people watching incoming trains and ferries smart see how many and then um any strangers that came into town yeah exactly scab any strangers who came into town were immediately questioned about their reasons for being there well howdy how you doing what brings you to town business or what you doing here seeing the sights yeah. What sights you seeing? Uh, well, I heard you, you seeing guys... some freaking sights. No, I'm no. Um, where's the chocolate place? Is that? Oh, that's Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm in Homestead. Oh my god. You you're gonna want to go about. <laughs> yeah. 20 no, miles I totally. Yeah, east. totally want to go. I don't want to. You guys have a blessed day. <laughs> but yeah. So if anyone had unsatisfactory answers. Uh, for the reasons for being there, they were escorted to the city limits. <laughs> I, well, Gregory, you just didn't pass the vibe check. All right. Pretty so much. we're just going to have to. Uh, all right. See you later. Go on. Walk. <laughs> walk. Yeah. Gregory, walk. <laughs> I'm walking. I'm walking. Uh, right. Do you want me to skip or dance or? I Start dancing. Clementine, my lovely Clementine. How song goes? I'm so stressed out. I remember. Hello, my darling. So, I mean, this is also kind of highlights where unions along the road have had larger missteps because a lot of unions in the boats didn't do it. No, you're hilarious. No, the fact that scabs were likely to come in, whether yeah. it was like minor strikes or whether it was yeah. the railroad strikes or this, uh, like scabs came in and a lot of them were either black or they were immigrants yeah. or they were people who... Minorities. Yeah, who were not included in the union. If you had included yeah. them in your union, then they would have so fewer people to fucking pick from to try to scab out the work like absolutely well and uh, like in many cases that you know you've covered and that i know of uh yeah a lot of times these scabs didn't know that they were scabs until yes, they fucking the, showed up yep and then they were like bamboozled again yeah it was just like hey there's a new plant or this plant is expanding yeah. work in this area it pays this much and uh, so but yeah, it did always kind of strike me as odd. I until I did more, you know, learning about it that you know the union guys would be so fucking upset with scabs and uh, things like that because, like to me, it seemed like being upset with uh, the girl that your fucking boyfriend cheated with. Right. 
You know, like she may, you don't know. Did she know? Uh, did she not know about you? But like, let's be honest. She's not our biggest problem in this sure, fucking thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so I, it's just, it's a rainbow, really. Yeah. You know, you got every flavor <laughs> of uh, deception in a lot of these uh, yeah. strikes and mm-hmm. how the companies handle it. So yeah. pick one. You're probably right. <laughs> so um, also reporters were given special badges so they could walk around town. Um, so, okay. Well, because, I mean, you want media coverage of like your strike and how it's oh, going. Oh, so they get they get media badges. Yes. So they're not fucking brutalized <laughs> yeah. like normies. Yes, exactly. All right. All right. All right. All right. Fake news. All right. But if they were found to um start reporting like misleading information or false information. Okay, well, which one? For whom? Oh, yeah, this is all set. We're still on what the strikers are doing. Okay, like, okay, okay. I mean, you got to think, like, Homestead, Pennsylvania is not Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or, you know what I mean? Like, and 3,800 workers work at this plant. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. pretty sure everyone in town either has someone in their directly in their I, family sure, or sure. knows a bunch of people who work at the plant. So, yeah, if you try to fuck them over pretty sure the whole town's gonna stand with you and it's not a great idea yeah not a good look so um yeah but frick didn't stand by either he uh put out ads for scabs as far as boston and st louis hi Restrained myself from trying to do a Boston accent. Oh my God, there's so much wicked work. <laughs> Is there so much at the steel wack? plant in Pennsylvania? I'm gonna drive my car. Yeah, I'm wack. gonna take my car. I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna make some steel. It's gonna be wicked hot, but I can do it. <laughs> it's wicked hot. <laughs> wicked hot. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if those were good. Thanks. Yeah, well, I don't give a shit because oh people on the coast make fun of all of us flyover state people anyway, so I don't give a fuck. We are the breadbasket of America. <laughs> and you'll do well to remember that, Samuel. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so, um, Frick also hired strike breakers. Oh, I'm so surprised. Yeah. Was it the Pinkertons? We're maybe <laughs> oh my god not no way yet. <laughs> not yet <laughs> no 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 you're not wrong the pinkertons these are, are like, local, like a second or third yeah these are like local ruffian miscreants they that wish you just, they were the pinkertons that you just hire to like hey go beat up that guy why because money a rocky yeah, yeah. a bunch of rockies running around <laughs> yes um load shark so he started hiring strike breakers, but they kept getting driven off because, yeah, um, turns out most of the people were on the side of the people striking. Well, that and uh, I know many steel mill workers and uh, not many of them are pussies. No. So. <laughs> nope. Nope. I would have to agree. Yep. <laughs> so on July 4th, 
uh, Frick requested the sheriff. Independence. <laughs> yeah, on, on Independence Day, Frick requested that Sheriff William H. McCleary um, asked him to intervene and provide escorts so supervisors could access the plant and across the picket line. Oh, interesting. All right, let's <laughs> let's see what he does. Which um, I didn't read much about it, so I think they did. But on July... What a bitch, Sheriff. <laughs> on July 5th, McCleary dispatched 11 deputies to go around town and post handbills, um, ordering the strikers to stop interfering with plant operations. <laughs> I would take one of those off... And eat it in front of him. No, you make him eat it. Uh, no, no, no. Because then I'm going to throw it up on him. <laughs> so the I'll strikers proceeded to tear the handbills off the posts. Yes. And announced Use to the deputies that they would not be turning the plant over to non-union workers. Um, They told the deputies this as they rounded them up. <gasps> yes. Put them on a boat. Whoop. And sent him to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> so hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is also another big steel town, in case anyone was wondering. Steel City, baby. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Frick, in uh, also while this is going on, ordered a tall wood fence to top with barbed wire to be built to reinforce the fence that was already there, causing workers to dub the homestead mill Fort Frick. (laughs) (laughs) That's magniflorious. Oh, uh... Good sense of humor on them. Fort Frick. And now the scene is set for July 6th, 1892. Which we will talk about in part two in the next episode. In the next Frick. Frickin' episode. episode. Yes. Uh, wow. I uh, can't wait to hear how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Or begins. Oh. Yeah. It's a humdinger. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's a, a full hum full it, of dings? It's a, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, a ditty and a half, huh? Yeah, it's, um... A baker's dozen of horrid, horrid... Yeah, I was trying to dramas. think what to compare it to. Like, it's... A snapping turtle biting your dick? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's unpleasant. It's, uh, yeah, on the same level, I would say, as like the Triangle Shirtwaist Company fire. Oh, my. <laughs> I, Samuel, I think that's a bit more than a snapping turtle just biting <laughs> the head of your penis. If you're on fire and falling uh, stories, yeah. Yeah, and the turtle bites yeah. your penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I hope there are no turtles in the next episode. <laughs> But it is full of a lot of action and intrigue and a lot of, uh, yeah. It All is. right. Well, I as long as I can whip out my Boston accent again, he, I'm so excited. I'm sure you can find somewhere to throw it in. I can I can shoehorn it in there. No, see? 
Lost it. I don't know what happened. Hey, at least didn't go Jamaican. So not yet, man. <laughs> go to me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, damn. I can't wait to uh, hear the conclusion. Yeah. Of the homestead frickin'. Yeah. <laughs> frickin' homestead. Frickin' homestead, bud. The frickin' homestead is wicked hot. Wicked hot. Oh, my God. Uh, well, well, well. I think that leaves us to uh, get that, get that shit. shit. Yeah. I got to get that shit this time. It's about goddamn time. <gasps> you want to know what mine was going to be? Candles. Sure was. <laughs> but they're dope ass candles. But you'll have to wait now. They always are. Thank you. I've had tens of listeners agree with me. <laughs> So, give me that shit, Samuel. This get that shit is a website called grannyjoeproducts.com. Granny Joe Products. Yeah. Granny Joe, G R A N N Y J O products.com. Lovely. So, Granny Joe Products is offers a lot of things for um, either the elderly or uh, physically disabled community. And they have things called dignity mugs, which are ceramic mugs with two larger handles on each side that are able to be grabbed in multiple different ways with each different hand. Oh, my God. That's um, amazing. Yes. So it allows people to drink um and have like coffee or tea or something yeah, from mugs that's actually accessible. But it does not oh stop there. Oh my gosh. Um, I just pulled it up. Yeah. No, It every product makes you almost want to tear up because they also have like napkin clips that go around the back of your neck so you can, instead of tucking into your shirt, it's kind of like the dental bib yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, they have bags for your walker. They have wheelchair blankets. They have... Um, a rain poncho for people in wheelchairs. Wow. Um, they have scooter mittens. Yes. That I slide onto your saw... rascal handles uh, and you just put your hands in so it's yeah, nice and warm. of course. But you don't lose any dis- dexterity because the mitten goes over the whole thing. So yeah, you're, so you It's can... your bare hands still operating the controls, but it's... <sighs> That's amazing. Um, they make oxygen tank covers, so you don't have to wheel around this ugly fucking thing. You can have a cute little cover for it. Um, for the like motorized wheelchairs that have the headrest, they have mm-hmm. cute covers for those. Um, they have different like tassel stuff, so you can bling out your cane or walking stick. Um, That's amazing. They have bags for your wheelchair, whether it's like side pockets or if it's back mounted bags. Um, They have clothing protectors that are essentially like fancy bibs, but they're cute and they have prints on them and it only fastens on one side and it's Velcro. Um, They have what's called a portable extra pocket. (laughs) So you know how... I know my grandma was one mm-hmm. to when she was sitting in her wheelchair, like she would have the purse uh, like sitting yeah. in front 
and like she would dig in it <laughs> and so like this is one of those but it doesn't have to be your purse and it's bigger and it's more functional because usually it was a small purse that they would just sit in their lap and it had yeah. a thousand things jammed in it yes this is specifically designed for that and it has bigger pockets more open pockets that you can um and then they also Amazing. have um a couple like video tutorials on their website for like how to mount some of their wa- uh, bags on the walker or That's like so helpful um, how to put the blanket in the wheelchair make sure to watch out so it doesn't get caught in this spot and yeah but um pretty much everything on there is like a really cool uh product that is designed for people with mobility issues yeah uh, it, it's amazing there are so many uh, different things on here and as uh, someone who um, is very close to someone who has dexterity issues uh, watching people do things that you take for granted as an able-bodied person um, it can be heartbreaking yeah. and hard to watch and uh, I know that with me, I've noticed more and more and more with um, having more friends who are differently abled mm-hmm. and, you know, having family members who are disabled that the world is not built for no. any accessibility or comfort. Yeah. And I having a simple cup of coffee in the morning and being able to do that and retain some of your independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in dignity is yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Well, thanks, Granny Joe Products. Yeah, so check them out, Granny Joe Products. Well, even if you don't need any of these prod- products, like yeah, they yeah. make great gift ideas, and you can also spread the word to people who may be uh, able to benefit from it, even if you don't know anyone personally. Yeah, absolutely. Spread the word because literally every product on there is a fantastic idea. They also have yes. um, uh, an easy tab on their website to contact them. And, they, mm-hmm. and on their contacts, they say, we welcome any tips to improve any of our products or if you have any ideas for new products that we can offer on the site. Um but yeah, so that's amazing. Granny Joe Products, G R A N N Y J O Products dot com. Go visit them. Do it. Take a look. Mm-hmm. In a book, reading Rainbow. <laughs> well, Samuel, I uh, that's all I have today. How about yourself? I think that's all I got. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us for yeah. another episode. Pew, finger guns to the theoretical YouTube. Check it out still. <laughs> yeah. Still check it out. <laughs> but uh, while you guys are taking a look at some Granny Joe products and deciding which hand painted dignity mug you want to pick out, make sure that we're in your earballs. You can find us on all the different streaming platforms, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. And if you want to see our awkward shenanigans, you can go to our IG and our YouTube channel at GTS underscore podcast. While you're there, please make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe so we can continue to grow our shit. 
Check out our link tree to find our website, YouTube channel, episode resources, and much, much more. Give us a holler if you have a small business you want to hype or a topic you don't want to do homework on. Mm-hmm. You can send all your shit to get this shit podcast at gmail.com. Nice. Thanks. Good I thought job. that that was a good read. It was a good read. Ah, thanks. You Fucking were nailed reading? it. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> all righty. Well, well, well. Have a uh, blessed next whatever uh, amount of time <laughs> you uh, you have if you're if you're you know just cranking through episodes yeah if you're binging you know. yeah if you're binging thanks uh, we'll see you in a couple seconds but if you're waiting for the next week if you're episodic God bless you you have yeah. more patience in your life than I do but uh, we'll see you on the next go round here yeah. at GTS all right well love and light love and you. on fire. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, I have fluid running out of my ears. Set. <gasps> you have a built-in spit valve.